So it's the fifth in our series, working through the Nicene Creed, going back to year 325 or something. And uh, probably when we announced we were going to go through the Nicene Creed, some of you thought that sounds like paint, watching paint dry. That sounds like the most boring thing ever. Um, just raise your hand if it's been less than the most boring thing ever for you. That's a relief. A few hands definitely not going up. But um, um, it's been an amazing journey so far as we've looked at God the Father. Uh, and we've looked at the Lord Jesus, uh, who, the, the Lordship of Jesus, and how he came in the flesh, and how he rose from the dead. Uh, amazing talk last week by, by uh, Pete Hughes. Do listen to it if you didn't hear it. And um, with each, each subject, I've been thinking, who's the absolute best person who could speak on this? Uh, so Pete Hughes last week, I just know he's brilliant on this thing of, the, the technical word is eschatology, but the return of Jesus. So I thought, okay, let's get Pete Hughes. He came. Uh, a couple of weeks' time, we got uh, one holy Catholic apostolic church. I thought, mm, Bishop of Guildford. And he said, yeah, I'd love to come. Uh, so he's, he's doing that. We hope he knows something about that. Uh, and uh, today, we are thinking about the Holy Spirit. And I thought, well, I didn't even have to think. I just knew it's like a no-brainer, the person who should speak on this subject. And so uh, it's absolutely fantastic to have Callie speaking. No, that's a joke. Uh, it's absolutely brilliant to have Bill Cusack speaking this morning. Please welcome Bill. Good morning. Let's pray as we start. Father, I don't know about anybody else, but I really need you. I really, really need you. Would you come and would you speak to us? Or would you reveal yourself to us? We don't just want to leave having learned a bunch of stuff. We want to leave having encountered you. Thank you that when we encounter you, everything changes. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the potential of doing a series about the creed uh, is that it can end up, if we're not careful, being a terribly academic, very worthy exercise, uh, where we end up thinking that essentially faith is assent to an intellectual bunch of ideas and thoughts and concepts. Um, and that if we tick the right boxes and, 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 and know our stuff, then, then we've intellectually uh, assented to what we've heard, and so therefore that's all all right. Week one, we had... Uh, uh, Pete talked about God the Father. Then we had Jesus as Lord, you know, God becoming flesh, incarnate. Then we had um, Jesus as Lord. Then we had uh, Pete Hughes last week speaking about the resurrection, eschatology, the world to come. And uh, I just, uh, I, by the second time I heard it, I fully understood it. Uh, uh, but it was absolutely brilliant. So here we are today talking about the Holy Spirit perfectly timed um, during uh, the, this series. Let me just read the stanza from the creed that we are going to be looking at this morning. We believe in the, Holy, in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, and with the Father and Son he has worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, and with the Father and the Son he has worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. Look at the wording that the council chose. It is very, very deliberate. Uh, the word Lord. 
the word Lord, the Lord here is from the Greek word Kyrios. Uh, and in, when they transla translated the Old Testament from Hebrew to Greek, whenever they saw the word Yahweh, they changed it to the Greek word Kyrios. So they translated, whenever they talk about the Lord in the Old Testament, they use the word Kyrios. It's a shorthand way of saying, so whenever they talk about Jesus and the Lord Jesus, it's Kyrios, Lords. And now they're talking about, we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lords. And they, the same Greek word uh, is being thought of and referenced, Lord. Because they're trying to make the point that the Holy Spirit is God. He is part of the Trinity. He's not some abstract force, uh, idea, something out of Star Wars, that, that he is a person. He is part of the Godhead. He is part of the Godhead. It's so important because the Holy Spirit activates the creed for us. So up until this point, you know, we can understand, we can understand, we can understand. And to some point, we need to understand who this Holy Spirit is. But it's the Holy Spirit who makes all these truths come alive. It's when we encounter the person of the Holy Spirit that, that the whole thing becomes real. So I know many of you know my story, but um, I wasn't brought up in a Christian home, but, uh, but uh, you know, I, I went to RE like everybody else, religious education, religious studies, so, so I knew kind of the basics of the Christian faith, and I thought that's great, um, but it doesn't mean anything to me. So I understood what Christians believe. It wasn't that I believed them or didn't believe them. It just, you know, whatever. And then what happened was these four beautiful girls moved in two doors down from where we lived in London. And uh, I, suddenly I became, uh, and there was something about them that was different. They had this life about them. And it wasn't just they had sort of charismatic personalities. They had, it wasn't just even the life that they lived. It was the life that they kind of carried inside them was sort of different. There was something, there was a quality about it. And I just thought, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what it is they have, but whatever it is, I, I want that for me. I want that in my life. And eventually, they talked about the fact that they were Christians. So I ended up going on an Alpha course. And it was during the, the there's a Holy Spirit day uh, where they have these three talks about who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit does, and how we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when I was prayed for, suddenly the penny dropped. All these things that I'd heard and all these things that I'd learned about at school, suddenly they became real. Because, because I hadn't just learned more head knowledge about who the Holy Spirit was. I'd encountered the person of the Holy Spirit. I'd been prayed for and I'd been filled by the love of God. I'd encountered the love of God and it all became real and became alive to me. And one of the things I learned on the Alpha course is that in Ephesians 5.18, it says, be, it, well, Paul commands, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the word be filled isn't be filled once and that's fine. It's be continually filled, be continually filled to overflowing. Continuous is a continuous present tense. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm a leaky bucket, so to speak. Uh, uh, things happen, I get tired, uh, life is crazy busy sometimes, I just need more of the Holy Spirit. I just need Him more. And the amazing thing about God is you can never have enough. There is always more, because there is always more of God. There is more of the fullness of God, there's more of the goodness of God, there's more of the love of God. Paul's prayer for the Ephesians is that they would know how wide and high and deep is the love of God and that they'd be filled to the measure and overflowing with the love of God. So, I don't know about you, but I need all that I can get, and more of Him. And the amazing thing about the Holy Spirit is He is just so generous. 
When we ask, he doesn't say, well, let's just see how good, if you've been a good boy this week or not. He says, great. And he comes and he meets with us. He comes and fills us because the heart of God is generous. He is drawn to people who are after himself. So what is the Holy Spirit like? What does he do? Well, well the first thing I want to do is I want to look at a biblical passage that will help frame some of what we're going to be talking about this morning. So this is Luke chapter 3, verses 21 to 22. It's the baptism of Jesus. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. So what does this passage tell us about who the Holy Spirit is and what he does? The first thing uh, we can learn is that the Holy Spirit is relational. God is relational. Right at the heart of, the tr- of God, of the, of the Trinity, is relationship. They're all in relationship with each other. The reason we know that God is love is because uh, the Trinity were all loving each other before creation happened. So the, the Holy Spirit, that, that, that part of the Godhead, He is relational. He's never impersonal. So sometimes He'll come and He'll draw particularly close and we'll sense His presence. That's because he wants to remind us that he loves us and he's trying to draw us in to more of him. He wants to draw us and he wants to give us more of himself, more of his heart. Not just so that we know that intellectually, but so that we encounter him. So as we encounter God, as we encounter his love for us, that we are changed. Secondly, the, the Holy Spirit brings the Father's approval. You are, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Thumbs up. I love you. You're awesome. I approve of you. We know in Romans 8, 15 to 16, uh, Paul says this, And by him, the Holy Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. We are God's children. He approves of us. He loves us. We don't have to do whatever we do. He's not going to love us anymore. Or whatever we don't do, he is not going to love us anymore. He loves us fully and completely and totally already. Do you need to know that today? I do. That God loves you, that you are his beloved child. That everything he has is yours. Perhaps today you feel, into, uh, you feel afraid or you feel alone. Or maybe you look around and uh, you feel insecure. Well, this morning we're going to pray for you that you would encounter the love and the approval of the Father. In my own experience, what I found is the more I uh, encounter the love and the approval of the Father, the less insecure I become. Because I, I don't need to compare myself to anybody else. God thinks they're awesome too. But He loves me. And I can be secure in in knowing that I'm totally loved. Thirdly, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit brings the Father's power. Let's just, we're going to jump to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 11 for a moment. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are reflections of His nature. So because He's generous, He loves to give, give good gifts. In fact, He says, ask 
and I will give it to you. If you I, I love giving the Holy Spirit. If, if you ask, you get. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. The Father has good gifts that he wants to give us that reflect his heart, his nature, who he is. So let's look at this quickly. Now to each one of the... the each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one of them there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, because the Holy Spirit is wise. To another, the message of knowledge, because he knows everything, because he's God. To an, uh, by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith, because he, is, he, he knows who he is. He is full of, he, he, we can have complete faith in who God is. To another, uh, by the same Spirit, gifts of healing. To another, miraculous powers, because God is the God who says, I am the God who heals. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of, tu- interpretation of tongues. All of these things are at work and are the work of the one spirit. The Holy Spirit, God, the goodness of God, the love of God. So they are reflections of who he is, of his nature. I just want to look at two of them uh, really briefly. The first one is healing. In Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, God says, I am the God who heals you. Who heals you. Now, uh, often we pray for people and they get healed by medicine. God uses medicine. Uh, uh, Doctors physiotherapists to heal people but there are other times when we pray for healing and they are healed instantly or supernaturally quickly so when I said when I started going to church my mum was slightly worried that I joined some sort of weird cult and and so I managed to persuade her by coming along I said to her look mum why don't you come and check it out there are people it's mostly young people but there are some people who are even older than you so 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 she she came along and um, she went on the alpha course and uh, again, she is a generation where there was sort of respect for the church and uh, respect for the basics of the Christian faith and, and uh, thought it was a good thing, generally speaking, but not for her. And they got to the evening, uh, there's, a, there's an evening when they discuss, does God heal today? And uh, what happened was before uh, the, the meeting, before, before that talk, the team had got together and they'd been praying and God had given uh, a member of the team a word of knowledge. Now, a word of knowledge is when God supernaturally reveals uh, information that could only be revealed by God about somebody else. So what happened was the word of knowledge was this. There is a lady here, yes, there are many ladies there, uh, who has had a skiing accident. Now, given the church that she was at, skiing accident, not, un- not particularly unusual. Um, um, uh, and has damaged her shoulder. Okay, we're narrowing the odds quite a lot at this point, and she can't sleep. So, th- so that is very specific. And um, what they did is they said, does anybody, is, does that relate to anybody? And it related to my mum. My mum had uh, been skiing and had fallen over and had hurt her shoulder, damaged her shoulder, and would wake up four or five times in the night and uh, was really painful and very uncomfortable and obviously disrupted her sleep massively. So what they did is they prayed for her in the small group. Now, what di- she wasn't struck by a bolt of lightning. She didn't sort of fly halfway across the room or go into some sort of ecstatic bliss. There was no sort of, you know, didn't, a fire didn't appear from the sky. Uh, in fact, uh, nothing in inverted commas happened. She felt, she felt the peace of God and, and, um, and she went home. 
and she went to bed and she woke up in the morning. She woke up in the morning. She didn't wake up four times in the night. She woke up in the morning. And what had happened is she had been healed. Never had a problem with her shoulder since then. Because God says, I am the God who heals you. He heals us because he loves us, because that is who he is. So that is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And another gift of the Spirit is prophecy. And the point of prophecy is, it, is what we're, when we prophesy, when people prophesy, what they are doing is they are, ref, they are sharing with somebody how God sees that person. It is a supernatural ability to see that person complete in Christ. And to affirm that and to call that out of the person, it may be very specific, it may be slightly more general. But it reveals the heart of God because the heart of God is for us and he's cheering us on and he sees the best version of us and he's calling that forth in us and he's, he's longing for us to become that, that, those people. It's like, you know, when Jesus saw Zacchaeus, everyone else saw a tax collector. That's not, that's not what Jesus saw. That's not who Jesus saw. Jesus saw Zacchaeus perfected in him. And so he related to him differently. That is the heart of the prophetic. The goodness of God, the love of God. So um, a couple of years ago, Pete invited me to go on a surfing weekend. It's called the board meeting. If you've ever read um, Red Moon Rising, he talks about the board meeting. And basically a bunch of guys go down to the coast and surf. Um, and uh, I was just waiting at um, the train station down the road to meet with Pete. I was still living in London at the time. And... I knew it was an ALF weekend, and what happened uh, uh, the church, HTB, that I had been at was having an ALF weekend, and I was standing waiting for him, not thinking anything particular, and then, then what happened was I had this impression of this lady, and um, so I thought, that's interesting, uh, so I said, Lord, I, I've got this impression of this lady, and then what happened was I saw she had blonde hair, again, given the church that she come from, not particularly unusual, you know, uh, lots of ladies have blonde hair. Uh, and then what happened was I saw she had a long scar down the side of her face. And, uh, and I, I thought, well, that's fantastic, Lord. I know what she looks like. I know she's got a scar down the side of her face. What do you want to say? And then what happened is God began to share his heart for this lady to me. And I'm standing at the train station waiting for Pete. So I, I just sent a text to my friend Toby, who was running that ALF weekend, and said, um, I was just at the station, and, and I sort of shared the whole thing. And I left it at that. What happened on that weekend is, is uh, on the Saturday evening when they have an opportunity to be prayed for, he said, my friend Bill has sent me this text, and, and I'd also included a name. I, I, God had given me a name for this person. So it was very specific. And so he said, there's a lady here called Amanda. She's got blonde hair, and you've got a long scar down the left-hand side of your face, and you've always felt very self-conscious, and you felt that God could never love you. Well, God wants to know that he totally loves you. And he kind of shared what I'd sent to him. And that moment changed that lady's life. She became a Christian. She got saved. Because God had supernaturally revealed not just some detail about her, but his heart for her. Now, you may be here, and you may long to move in gifts of healing. Well, we're going to pray for you a little bit later on that you would, God would give you the gift of healing. That he would, when you pray for people, people get healed. Or you may be here and you may long to move more in the prophetic. Well, we're going to pray for you that you'd get that too. There's going to be opportunity to receive because if we ask God to give us good gifts, he gives them to us because he is generous. That is what the Holy Spirit does. That is who he is. 
Fourthly, the Holy Spirit brings personal breakthrough. A little, little after um, the baptism, what happens is it says this in Luke 4, uh, verses 1 and 2. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Now, the Holy Spirit didn't tempt Jesus, but he was led by the power of the Spirit into the into the desert, and he had a prayer meeting with the, the Father and with the Holy Spirit for 40 days. He fasted, it says he fasted. And during that time, the enemy came to him and tempted him. If you're the Son of God, make this uh, stone into bread. If you're the Son of God, if you're the Son of God, if you're the Son of God, and tempted him. If you are here and you are struggling with temptation, we're going to pray for you later that God will, would, by his Holy Spirit, enable you to resist and overcome temptation. Because if Jesus overcame temptation as a man, we can overcome temptation too, because he is with us and he is in us. Maybe you're here and you're struggling with your prayer life. You're wrestling with prayer. You feel kind of dry and in a wilderness. Well, the Holy Spirit can help us to pray. Romans 8, 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. When we don't know what we ought to pray for, the Spirit intercedes for us. Isn't that amazing that when we, there's this stuff going on and we don't know what to pray or how to pray, the Holy Spirit enables us to pray. I, that is called the gift of tongues. We pray in tongues. My language is fairly limited. I, I don't know what yours is like. But there are times when I am out of, I'm out of words. I don't know how to continue to articulate what is going on in my heart, what is going on in a situation. And the alternative is, ah, like that sort of thing. But with the gift of tongues, I can continue to pray knowing that although it doesn't make any sense to me, it makes total sense to God. So when Nikki, my wife, was pregnant with our um, third son, Zach, um, it became... We went into hospital for him to be delivered, and it became obvious that he was not going to come out the way that he should. He was stuck, and he was very, very big. And so uh, what happened is they decided about 3 o'clock in the morning that he was, Nicky was going to have to have an emergency cesarean. Now, that is totally, uh, totally normal. Lots of people have emergency cesareans, and they last about 20 minutes. So we all went into the operating theater, and everyone was sort of chatting away, and it was all sort of uh, you know, very normal. And we were talking to the anaesthetist, and she said, oh, the only time you need to worry is when I stop talking. And, uh, and half an hour into the operation, suddenly uh, they'd got Zach out, and they'd had to resuscitate him because he wasn't breathing and he was blue. But they were trying to stitch Nikki up, and then the anaesthetist went quiet and said, I can't stop her bleeding. Get him out. Him, it's me. And so... Um, the last thing I hear as I walk out is, we're going to need to do a blood transfusion. I can't stop her bleeding. That was as I walked through the door. And I honestly did not know whether I was going to ever see my wife alive again. Um, it was just a horrible, horrible, horrible uh, experience. And in moments like that, like, you know, other than, oh God, oh God, oh God, I've never been so thankful for the gift of tongues ever. Because... I could pray knowing that God understood what was going on in my heart and what was going on in my head and understood and saw the whole situation. And I felt the presence of God in, in, in that moment. 
And when the doctor walked towards me two hours later, I, I, I really did think they were going to tell me she was dead. They said, we've managed to stop her bleeding. She's lost a lot of blood, but, um, and she's going to go up to intensive care. I, I was so thankful that for that two hours, I could just um, text like crazy and pray in tongues. So if you are here and you would like this prayer language, we're going to, at the end of the service, pray for you that you would receive this incredible gift that enables us to continue to talk to God when our words uh, run out. Next thing, the Holy Spirit brings the Bible to life. In Ephesians 6, uh, Paul talks about the the sword of the Spirit being the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. It's interesting, isn't it? When Jesus is tempted, what he does is he comes back to Satan and says, it is written. He just quotes scripture back at the enemy. He quotes scripture back at him. If you're struggling with temptation, remember what the promises of God are, what the truth of God is, what he says about himself, what he says about you. Uh, Claim and quote scripture. I was... In this, um, uh, when I worked at HTV, I occasionally got to drive uh, sort of speakers around. And this one time, I got to drive past Agu around. He is the pastor of Jesus House, this big black majority church. Um, and I, I, li- I, li- uh, I slipped straight into, right, I've got three minutes with this man between venues. So I said, right, I've got three minutes with you, Pastor Agu. What is your top tip on prayer? And he said, learn to pray the Bible. He said, because when you pray the Bible, you are claiming uh, promises that God has already made. So he says, yes, and I'm to those. So I'm trying more and more to pray the Bible. But the other thing that happens when when the Holy Spirit uh, brings the Bible to life, I don't know if you ever find this, but suddenly I'm reading a passage I've read loads of times before, and suddenly, boom, something jumps out of the page, and we're like, whoa, oh my goodness, I never saw that before. Suddenly something else about God and the nature and the heart and the character of God is revealed. Because the Holy Spirit brings the Bible to life. So if you are here this morning and reading the Bible just is a hard work at the moment. Well, well done for keeping reading it. Don't give up. And we're going to pray for you that the Holy Spirit would open your eyes and reveal more of the Father heart of God, the nature, the character, the person of God as you read the Bible. Next, the Holy Spirit enables us, make, enables us to become the best version of ourselves. Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. We've done a whole series on the fruit of the Spirit. I want to encourage you you to go to our website and look at them and listen to the talks. They're brilliant. The fruit of the Spirit. We become the best version of ourselves when He works in us. Now, it is a slow process. God works with us slowly and gently. It wouldn't be be kind if you prayed, Lord, please make me uh, more like you, and you woke up a different person. It was like, who is this person living in this body? They're totally changed. God doesn't give us a character transplant. He amplifies, this, uh, he amplifies himself in us and we become more like him, the best version of ourselves. So maybe you're here today, the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.25, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Maybe you're here today and you are struggling to love somebody. Well, we're going to pray for you that God amplifies love in you, his love in you, so that you can love that person. Maybe you're here and you're struggling to be patient in a situation. 
Well, we're going to pray for you that God would amplify patience in you, that he would grow patience in you. Maybe you are struggling with joy at the moment. Well, we're going to pray that God would fill you with joy. Or you're full of anxiety or you're worried about stuff. Well, we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit would grow peace in you. He can totally do that because he wants to make us the best version of ourselves. He wants to make us like he already sees us. Now, my, my um, and Nicky Gumbel, it's a story he tells on Alpha. Um, he put an apple tree in his garden. And every morning he'd get up and he'd uh, trot to the end of the garden and look to see whether the, overnight the, the tree had grown an apple. And Charlie Maxey, who's an artist, uh, as a friend of theirs, was living with them. And so um, he, got, he thought it would be quite funny to play a little trick on Nicky. So Nicky got up one morning, tootled to the end of the garden, and oh my goodness, the apple tree had grown a pear overnight. And it started sellotaped an, a, a pear onto the apple tree. God grows fruit. Fruit grows slowly. But it is always growing. God is always working at us, making us more like Jesus. Finally, the Holy Spirit releases the power of God for us to do mission. Let's just fast forward to Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, like the blowing of a violent, the sound like the blowing of a violent wind um, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers us. And what happened up until that point, you'll know the story. They'd all been hiding in this room, terrified that they were going to be arrested and they were going to end up like Jesus, um, hung on a cross or punished. Or, uh, and then what happens is the Holy Spirit comes and suddenly these men who, uh, and these women who have been terrified and in hiding, boom, the Holy Spirit fills them and they're preaching to thousands and all sorts of crazy stuff is happening. People are getting healed just as their shadow passes over them. They are empowered by God for mission. You know what Paul says? He said, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, as in me and you. The Holy Spirit, we're filled and continually being filled with the Spirit. We are being filled with the power that raised Christ from the dead. So suddenly, you can be God's ambassador, his Navy SEAL uh, uh, soldier, whatever it is, whatever, you know, you can be that person in your place of work, who brings the presence of God. You bring the presence of God because you carry the presence of God. Your hall of residence, the atmosphere can change because you're there and you carry the presence of God. Your, you know, your mums and toddlers group can change because you're there and you carry the presence and the power of God. Your school playground can be different because you carry the power and the presence of God. The coffee shop you go to visit can be different because you carry the power and the presence of God. Your relationships with people can be different because you carry the power and the presence of God. Now, you remember when I told you about uh, the four beautiful girls who took me to church? The fact that they were beautiful helped. But I couldn't, what I saw was the Holy Spirit living in them, working through them. I couldn't articulate it like that. But that was what's going on. So uh, 
you may already have moments where people say, what is it about you that's different? Why do you react differently in certain situations? And, and it's working out a way as you journey with them to explain that it is because the Holy Spirit lives in you. And he is making you different. And what they are seeing is God working in you and living through you. So everywhere you go, every conversation you have, every relationship you're involved in, every place you go can be different. And we're going to pray in just a minute that we would be all be filled with the Holy Spirit, that we would, be, we, we would know the approval of the Father, that we would know a relationship with Him in a new, fresh way, that we would be uh, encouraged, that we'd be filled with the power of the Spirit to, to break through, whether it's in our prayer life or in particular situations where we're longing for breakthrough and not seeing it. We're going to pray that that is what happens. Because if we ask, we receive. That is the promise. If we ask, we receive. We're gonna, uh, some of us, you're going you're, you're to be prayed for and you're going to read the Bible in a whole different way. Some of you, some of us here, we know, all this, we, we know loads of the truth, but it's going to come alive in a fresh way because the Holy Spirit loves to illuminate the Scripture and make it come alive. So why don't we stand? I'm going to pray and then the band are going to come up and I'm going to hand over to Pete. But let me just say this really quickly. I'm aware that when we talk about the Holy Spirit, just inevitably there are going to be people here uh, that makes them nervous. Like I said, the Holy Spirit is not an impersonal force that's going to come and possess you and change you into a zombie. If you ask him, he will come and he will fill you. He will reveal the heart of the Father to you. And you will begin or continue to become the best version of yourself, the version of yourself that you long to be, the version of yourself that, the, the best version of yourself that God already sees in you. So I'm going to pray. Father, thank you that you are so good and you're so generous. Thank you that you love to meet with us. Who are we that you would love us the way that you do and want to meet with us the way that you do. So, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you meet with us? In Jesus' name, amen.